0: Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the Mystical Underground.
1: Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob McGregor. And Trish McGregor. (laughs) And our tech magician producer, John Posey. You can go to themysticalunderground.com where we make regular blog posts and where you can find out about our books. Our most recent nonfiction book is The Shift, Reports from the Mystical Underground. Trisha's latest novel is White Crows. Rob's latest novel is Tulpas. Okay, uh, Trish.
2: Okay, Carol. Daddy is a visionary (laughs) teacher, psychotherapist, artist, and director of the Creative Earth Ensemble Project in Glasgow, Scotland. She has trained with well-known visionaries, including shamanic teachers Sandra Ingerman, Franco Santoro, and Stephen Mulhern, and psychologist Marshall Rosenberg. She runs a private practice in a systemic story therapy and is involved in projects centered on creating community and connecting people back to the land. Uh, she lives in Glasgow and is the author of Shamanic Dreaming and several other books, including Story Compass. Uh, In the book, she explores how to access your creative potential to shape and hold a strong vision for yourself and others. Carol Day shares hands-on tools and step-by-step shamanic practices to become more visionary and connected to the world around us. She details practices to expand the scene, set intentions, and connect deeply with intuition and spirit
3: helpers. Welcome, Carol.
1: Welcome, Carol.
3: It's great to finally have you on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's built up some suspense. It's lovely to be here.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So your book provides a detailed uh, introduction to shamanism, uh, and I'm wondering, <clears throat> is it possible to have a singular shamanic practice without a teacher, a guide, or a group? Uh, can you do that? I mean, I always hear you need a teacher, you need a guide, uh, you need to be involved in a group.
3: Right. Are you ready? There's, there's a lot of different um, <laughs> shoots off of that question, I think. And it's a brilliant question. really is. So my the way that I practice is that um, I don't actually call what I practice shamanism. I call it innate ways. So okay. I have, a, you know, I've been through experiences that have opened me up to be able to connect with more than what we habitually um, are led to believe is there. Mm-hmm. And went through a deep healing crisis that meant that I had to find different tools and methods to find my way back. And the practice of shamanism and the, the words particular, um, in particular, shamanic initiation, mm-hmm. were the kind of, you know, they were the light bulbs that that helped me to put into context what, what was happening for me. Um, so I call it innate practice because I also work or have worked a lot with young children um, and They've been my greatest teachers, just watching how we naturally connect, and also through the through the birth of my own children and feeling how connected they were to everything when they came in. And so, one of my passions has been to to see how can we still stay that connected and um, and engage with the world uh, in a way that that plays with the archetypes and that understands, you know, really goes into that playful way. So, yes, the first thing to say is for me, it's an innate practice. And for some people, we go very deep into it. <clears throat> it's kind of uh, a way of working that where we teach others. And for other people, you know it, it, it's about how do we live. And my belief is that we all used to live in this way, where we were connected, where we experienced many realms where we we felt nature and the different members of um nature was communicating and had ways to to access that. So what I do in the book shamanic Dreaming, is I safely help people to find ways to restore um, a more holistic and um, animistic way of processing the world and engaging with the world. Uh, What I don't do is teach people to um, operate in a way that they're holding space for others. Um, It's about Mm. the personal journey that um, helps people to... To open up to yeah, communicating with with the many realms really.
2: Did yeah. did when you mentioned when you went through a health crisis, did shamanism help to
3: heal you? Well, it was more that I knew what it was called. <laughs> so <laughs> I, you know, I really work from the place that the only teacher is our own initiations, uh-huh. and what we're looking for is is people who you know we we gravitate towards the. Um, Josie Campbell talks about this, doesn't he, in the hero's journey, how the guide will appear. And so we gravitate towards people that have had similar experiences and can hold empathy and and kind of some idea of what that map is and how arduous it is. But it's everybody's personal journey. So um, in terms of did shamanism help me heal, finding out what it was called and putting (laughs) it into a context and knowing that, you know, I, I wasn't going mad, even though it felt like yeah. I didn't find my context um, uh-huh. in the same mm. way in, in everyday reality, that's what really helped. But, the, yeah, some of the practices that I've learned since, um, you know, I learned from from my spirit guides and from, um, you know, my creative matrix. Mm. Uh, so, and that's yeah. quite often what shamanism is known as, isn't it? And it,
1: it seems to me that uh, people would not take this step forward unless they were ready to do it i mean that's something uh-huh. in them triggers that this is a path that they should follow uh because you know there's a lot of details that you have where you know you you show ways of protecting yourself and uh but when you go into like a, a vision quest if you you go into it heavily uh into a, a nature setting on your own for you know, uh, for a time period, and uh, you know, working it very personally, uh, you can get pretty deep, and you can you know come in contact with uh, who knows what. In that, uh, can you talk a little bit about vision quests? Uh, you mentioned those yeah. in your book. Yeah.
3: yeah, I love how you're focusing on on safety with this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, the the vision questing is um, visionary questing. I call it. Mm -hmm. is what we do all the time when we're out in nature i talk about the brain waves and how you know when we're when we're in our everyday self it's um a beta faster wavelength and then we come down to wave alpha which is the wavelength of nature when we're in nature and then we can go deeper to delta theta which is um the visionary state that we dream from all the time so what we're looking to do when we're going out into nature is is go into that alpha wavelength, which automatically starts to happen. And that's why we can feel calmer, why we can start to kind of access um, deeper resources in ourselves and that that knowing place. Um, but yeah, what 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 I'm doing is just what we do all the time. And what I found out when I worked with the children in the Secret Garden Outdoor Nursery, you know, two to five-year-olds and spent time hanging out with them and seeing <laughs> what, what they were accessing, really. I'm just helping people to start to be able to be with trees or be with um, land or be with different plants and, and be open to the communication that can happen. It's about being available. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as I I know, I don't see that as being um, something that's too challenging to the ego. Okay. Um, like, you know, the appearance of things can be um, sometimes, which I have had happen and I've had to take t- talk to my guides and say, this is a bit much for me, actually. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm really yeah. scared. Can, can we have a different way of communicating? Okay. But, um, but yeah, yeah. The, the practice that I'm opening people up to is, is yeah. something where we're just coming more into our everyday senses and, and expanding on that. Where, where oh. did
2: you spend time with these kids? You mentioned Sorry? These, but... where, where did you spend time with these children?
3: So my friend, my really good friend, Kathy Back, she spent, set up um, an outdoor nursery in Lethem in Fife, oh, which okay. is still running today and um, I co-designed the curriculum for it with her and we called it Nature's Teacher and it's all about you know what what happens in play when we just we don't don't interrupt it and we're out in nature you know they were out there um, all eight hours a day Um, and yeah it was about allowing we, we were really convinced that if children could play in that way in a safe way and they were really held and not interrupted then that was really healing for them
2: huh and now this is your friend who you just went to see in fife that you No, my friend okay died she died in
3: 2017 Uh unfortunately so um, she might have been there but but, (laughs) but, um, no i went i went back today well remembered trish to see um the place where i used to work in fife and the family that um that lived there
1: so so you live in glasgow and i've never been there uh but I I understand it to be somewhat of an industrial city. Uh, how close to the nature are you? Uh, do you can you get get out of the city into nature fairly quickly?
3: Yeah, I live um, I live right on the <laughs> outskirts. I think there's there's one more street of houses before you hit <laughs> okay. graveyards and then um, and then hills. Oh, and nice. I'm, I'm really close to Mary Hill as well, which is um, on the way into the city. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I I carefully positioned myself so I could find some trees, <laughs> trees. But to be honest, nature's everywhere, isn't it? It's, it's just, it's a bit more energetic, isn't it, when there's a hustle and bustle of mm-hmm. human activity. Right. Um, we have to work a bit harder to kind of um, ground and tune in sometimes. I,
2: you have an awful lot of material in your book about constellation therapy with astrology. How how does that work? I, what when When you talk about working with people, through constellation astrology to get to their issues what what do you look for in a chart to find their issues
3: okay um i do mention the uh, the constellation work yeah and shamanic dreaming in the second part of it don't i when when, and and we're looking at and time has been a, a continuum. So I don't think I talk about the astrology part, but I do, I do work with people with astrology and constellation. But my my kind of yeah, the whole message of shamanic dreaming and the way that um I put things into context is that I call the first part calling. Every you know, everything has a calling, everything has a, a true way of being. And one of the ways that I work is to to understand, you know, a shamanic way of being is to to let everything let us come back into rhythm with the the rhythms of the earth and feel mm. ourselves as belonging with that. So marking all the different festivals, working with the seasons, being being a part of nature and feeling how nature is 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 there, and also <clears throat> listening to who am I, who is who is that tree, what is that mountain, uh-huh. starting to open up the communication system, and and seeing how we can bring back and this is my belief you know that the ancients are, are people that are still really connected and more of a harmonious unit together are still in tune with everything and really listening and and including the way of everything so with the birth chart I mean I first studied um astro shamanism that was my way into um uh-huh. first, well first going to a teacher to kind of learn learn more about the shamanic way um, and I was working with the totems of the different, that was Franco Santoro in Fintorn, with the totems of the different signs and planets. Huh. And really mm. um, what I get from the the chart is it's the signature. It's, it's how everything was at the moment of my first right. birth, and my arrival um, on this planet. So I find it really exciting and really effective working with people just feeling these archetypal forces of how uh, you know for me i'm sun in aries in the 11th house so okay that that calling in me is very much about um about being innovative and a pioneer for things and Uh also to be working very much with the collective and bringing in that kind of aquarium way and you know Mm. straight away you start you start to get a feel of someone and i do a lot of story work Um, i call it systemic story therapy and it's a way to access people's stories and then they'll start talking about things as well when we kind of you know when we arrive at things and or they might start with a story and then I go oh, have you seen this <laughs> you, you've got your north node south node going here what do you think about this and then things will open and then we might bring in things to listen to different tensions so yeah that's uh, the way that I've explored the wow. constellation work with the chart
2: that's fascinating. Hmm. I'm an astrologer too. So when I saw this, I thought, wow, what does she do here?
3: Oh, <laughs> constellation <laughs> That's
1: neat. So uh tell us about the Creative Earth uh ensemble project. Uh what is the uh what is that about?
3: So I, I started off um calling the practice that I was teaching creative shamanism. And then I went into working with the idea of the visionary when, um, you know, I was woken up one morning, talk about this in the book as well, by my guide who was telling me about the visionary being the one who looks after, takes care of the future life map. So I had this real sense that was important that, you know, this information was coming through and it's, and it's not, it's probably everybody knows this, you know, (laughs) that we really take care of the future ones and we have the visions that can create and help to, 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 um, help to build a a positive future um, and that's what's talked about in 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 the loop part but the um the creative earth ensemble work um kind of evolved because I was feeling like the centre of creative vision which was calling myself a couple of years ago it, it didn't feel like it quite matched the the ethos that I'm really particular about the language and the matching and um, of what it was I was holding. And then my daughter, she's studying acting in um in Manchester at the moment. And she was oh. part of them um, the, the youth ensemble uh the scottish youth ensemble and i was like oh ensemble that's such a good word <laughs> I, I, it is a good
2: word isn't yeah. it it's like we're yeah all it really is
3: something. and she was talking about the ethos of how the ensemble works and, and it's very constellation kind of like as well and then i i I don't know. I didn't want to let go of the word creative and then creative earth ensemble just came through really. So like all the practices that that I hold are, are seeing, you know, that we're all part of something together. And that's why I don't like calling myself a teacher. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I hold a space, I'm a facilitator for something and I really listen. But um I really feel like, you know, we're a collective together and we we come into place when we when we find one another in those resonant places.
2: You you had some very interesting experiences with what you call fae, the fairies. T- tell us about some of those. Well, like some of them are kind of mind blowing. <laughs> I can't remember which
3: ones I've written about in the book. Actually, um, what what can I talk about with the fae? Yeah, I've. Um, oh, I feel the fae. It's been like the transmission layers of of, of nature, um, and. I love the idea of the Celtic fairy stories. So this Mm -hmm. kind of took me into it originally. And I was um, writing a course called Museum with a storyteller, Owen Pilgrim, who's um, very, very knowledgeable. And um, we, yeah, we kind of were were looking at how to bring it, you know, bring the fae um, and fairy stories, get to the meaning of what fairy stories were, Uh. really. So it was an initiation and a listening. And I had a fairy tree and I was really working with, um, some of the Scottish myths, especially the one about Angus and Bride, which is in the book as well, and and the connection to the land of the fairy there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I used to hold fireworks at Samhain and Beltane. And as you know, Beltane is the time mm-hmm. of the fairy. And you'd know, work with them, um, going to different fairy groups as well, and kind of connecting with the fairy. So a lot of it has been very playful and and just listening. Um, but sometimes, you know, I think, think little things have happened where you're going. This this, this shouldn't happen. You know, the, the, the magic that, <clears throat> that comes when you. But it's always respectful and just um, in a listening way, really. But I think um, I don't know. I've just always known that they're there. They've always been there. So huh. it's it's that it's may be easier in a end. country as
2: old as Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> but when you come to the United States, I think it's it's tougher in a place that's younger. Maybe that's
3: just. Yeah, you know. maybe they're called different things there.
2: Right. Well, that's yeah. a good point. I just yeah.
3: want to tune in. I've, I've been. I've only been to Santa Fe when when I did some studying with Sandra Ingerman there. But you know, there were. Is is it sprites? The word that you. Word that yeah, sprites. Yeah, that's, right.
1: yeah.
3: Yeah, and the hidden folk. Be. Um, I could feel them. The storm people. I could feel oh. them there as well.
2: That's yeah, oh. interesting. Yeah. Now,
3: do you also see them?
2: I mean in your no. mind's eye or do you actually see them physically or what
3: Yeah no I I mean the way that I perceive things is more like it's it's inside you know it's a plane uh-huh. that I that I perceive things on and and communicate with them mm-hmm. I have had things appear but I've asked them not to because um, <laughs> I just had to sleep with a light on I'm just, I just can't, my ego cannot handle it um <laughs> So, yeah. so
1: you had some uh, connection with dragon energy too, haven't you? And uh, through a, a fire ceremony, can you talk about that?
3: Yeah, so that was when I was doing some training at Lendrick Lodge in Scotland um, with Stephen Mulhern as a teacher, and it was one of it was a graduation ceremony where we had to go to the fire and just ask. So this was like well, 2008, I think. Um, I've done lots of different courses with different people. And in this particular one, it was about asking, you know, what I'm going to do with this work. And the dry, dragon just c- came through in the fire and just talked about setting up a theatre, dragon theatre, and working with the archetypes and the myths. And that actually um, we as humans could, could help change the myths. And there the about ah. like two planes. I had no idea what this meant at all. Um, and I think Stephen just went, ah, awesome.
1: <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> I just had no idea. So I did. I set up this theatre called Dragon Theatre and then sent out little um, emails to everybody that was on my mailing list, just inviting them. The dragons are inviting you, come along. And we did it really playfully. And people came with their um, with their families, with the children. You dress up. Wow. You have to bring a list of things. And they were at the different festivals and we were at different sacred sites um around Fife um oh. and then eventually a few years after I started this I moved to a place called Wormit and I think I told the story of this I went into the local co-op and uh I don't, I'd only just moved there and and I don't know how we got talking to this guy and I said oh yeah I've just moved here I'm, I'm living in Wormit down the road and he said oh that means the place of the dragon oh, um, and, and so I lived on the side of what I ended up calling Dragon Hill and just going up and and just yeah, just tuning into the dragon and the dragon ah. dragon lines are the same as lay lines, as as you'll know. Um, so I was just and then I worked with a friend called um Katie, Katie Rutledge, who is a really brilliant shamanic um teacher over in Northern Ireland. And we worked for a year with the dragon lines between um, we just phoned one the up. This was before Zoom, phone one another up on a Sunday evening and um just all journey together. And then another friend of ours called called Susie Kuntz um who's um who was in who's now moved to east germany back to east germany but yeah we did we did some healing work she's still running that that group like 15 years later um but it's just it's clearing energy lines really and just connecting to um when i when i first met dragon you know they told me they were the they were like i don't know how you experienced dragon but they were the keeper of um of all the of all the archetypes who were first archetypal force that had come through so um yeah, dragons
1: are great. And it's oh. interesting that
3: that yeah, fits the Aries. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the the dragon was saying that the the world of mythology needed to be reconnected with the humans and that it needed uh some healing. Uh that was an interesting approach that uh the dragon took for you and, and you uh, followed th- and you followed through on it.
3: <laughs> yeah, do you know, Robin, as well that I think that changed me. Because it, it really, I mean, I'd seen this with the children, that they were channeling archetypal forces in the play and just like really feeling like, a, you know, as adults, perhaps we're meant to keep on playing and, and you know, work more consciously with that. So to get that guidance from the dragons about the mythological, I mean, I always teach that these, um, these archetypes, they come through us. Um and it's about learning, you know, which which archetype type of force do I have and um what is my craft? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that, that's the mythology, isn't it? The ah. mythology planes where they kind of apparently exist and reside, but but we're interwoven.
2: Yeah. Now have you ever walked the Dragon ley Line?
3: yeah i used to I used to take my children on holiday every single year. We'd like get in the car and go for five weeks and visit different friends down in England. And we'd go along um there's a book called The Sun and the Serpent. Have you come across that book? I can't remember who, the guys that wrote it, but they travelled the Mary and Michael lines mm-hmm. along the bottom of um, of England from St. Michael's Mount to right. Um, right across to Norfolk. So we used to take into to different places and to all these stone circles and just Glastonbury, it goes through Glastonbury as well and Avery. Huh. Um, so that was my education but yeah I, I, I find the dragon I, I, you know you can feel energies can't you the more the more that you work with them and listen you start to be able to just stop and go oh there's something here there's a crossing here or this is a sacred ah. site and then I work a lot with people and the practitioner groups with what I, what I call land healing but it's just allowing you know places on the earth's surface that have a special function to to be seen and used and acknowledged in that way. Hmm. how old are your kids now um 23 and 21 okay
2: (laughs) so are they are by your doing this as they were young what 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 do they do are they into the same thing well my
3: daughter's an actor and Uh she i mean she we were chatting today actually she completely she completely sees that you know this 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 con this way of contextualizing everything is the uh-huh. same as enacting with the acting of right. the archetypes and and um shamanism so it's she's really close to it my my son's an architect He's, huh. um, different way of structuring yeah it's, it's well yeah yeah I don't yeah I mean your mum's just your mum <laughs> <She laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: So your book really has is very heavy on mythology. You go into a lot of uh different uh uh mythological cultures in the past and uh it, I wouldn't call it uh you you do it in a way that uh works into the the story itself what you're telling. It's not like you're you're giving a very heavy intellectual discussion of about different uh myths but but playing into uh, what particular thing you're you're teaching at the time or you're talking about, I th- thought that was well done.
3: thank you, yeah, i'm so, I'm a real believer that you know we all access the truths through and that I think that's what I try and do and say, I'm not an expert on this. This is just what I'm getting. <laughs> what are you getting? And he he was some <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: kind of right. yeah,
3: he comes some ways to start exploring it, really.
1: Yeah. So what made you write this book?
3: Um it was it was the experience around visionary and my 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 guide um just you know when you walk, I don't often have these experiences where I'm I'm woken up and I can actually hear the voices of my guides, but mm-hmm. it was it was one of those big ones where it's like I could hear her speaking in the room. So huh. I was listening oh. to listen carefully to that. And mm-hmm. then I was, you know, I just keep asking, so how can how can I um how can I help this visionary and everyone? And it, then it was the calling material and connecting with what the calling was in each of us. And I've been working with Circle for a long time um, and really exploring what, what Circle does, you know, and I love that that Gestalt idea that the whole mm-hmm. is greater than some of its parts. And I'm just, I'm just, I just don't like standing out or being in charge of something. I was feeling a part of something. So it was, it was, how can we, um, how can we explore this together? I call my workshops laboratories, you know, they'll be very safe and we'll go deep. And uh, I'm trained as a psychotherapist counselor. And I've, I've, you know, I've really, really been working with my own initiations and I'm an artist and I'm fascinated by creative energy and, and, and I'll hold a safe space, but how can we all go into this together? So the book came out of just just helping people to to find out what that visionary was in them, and also to to try and make the practice that I was working with at that time called creative shamanism be more kind of for these times. Um, mm-hmm. What what were the times needing? And then the the loop part came after i'd written the calling part which is basically about helping people to go on a visionary quest connect with nature and the different members of our earth community and then the loop part was really the ancestors and the future ones and working with the visionary idea of um you know let's 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 really call to the future ones and find out um you know what 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 do we need to do in these times and then the constellation Mm -hmm. work that you do works so much with helping heal the ancestral and seeing that what we're doing and living now, it, you know, it's stories, it's patterns, it's vibrations that continue and that we can travel back through time and set up little theatres and, and and bring things to listen to, things that weren't listened to and hand things back and and free ourselves to be working with whatever our own projects are. Um. So, yeah, the second part came around that. And so I feel like shamanic dreaming... Um, the calling to do that was to help help create uh-huh. something that could help people <clears throat> to see how to see how see what a wholeness template was really. Um, yeah.
1: And Every, you write you write about the visionary formula. What is the formula involved?
3: Yeah, I've been fascinated about you know how what's what place do I need to be in,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, and what simple kind of messages or are yeah what what are the fundamentals of getting into a space of where I can be in tune and in alignment so the visionary formula it's a triangle with presence in the center so when I when i when I'm present then start to be able to connect with everything it's about a bit like getting into the alpha place I was talking about mm. earlier with the wavelengths and then the nature if I'm in nature then I I go into that vibration of nature, but I'm finding my true nature as well. I think one of the things where we've kind of tipped off a bit is is believing that we're not part of nature. Of course, we're part of nature. And, you know, that needs to be a mindset. And then knowing, which is one of the translations of the word shaman, they who know, Mm -hmm. they, she, or he who knows. So getting people to really listen to that knowing within and then trust, and trust is the one about um, you know, we will go through initiations and I talk about initiations in the book as well. We'll go through these, it's natural, you know, that the the cycle of the year takes us yeah. to an initiation all the time, and we go through life cycles. But when when an initiation happens, I go into a new place, I evolve. And um the trust is is trusting in the process really. And and when we when we cultivate that trust, we, we come out of trying to keep everything. Um, so tight and and um, and we yeah we can move back into um feeling like we can open to everything again
2: do you no. hold on I got a question go ahead
3: <laughs> okay have you been to Finhorn yeah I lived there for two okay, and a half years wow um,
2: now what was that like given all your work that must have been I love fantastic
3: it. yeah that was when that was when um I lived in Fife. My children were both born in Fife, and then, um, and then I went through a huge life change, and I went to do a workshop up in Fintan. I'd I'd, I'd read a book called Women Mystics when I was in India, and there was a chapter on Eileen Caddy in it, and I was like, "Oh, she's in Scotland!" You know, everybody else was all (laughs) over the world in this book. I must, I must go. I must meet her. I must go to this place. And then, um, I used to go up there on holidays, and then, um, yeah, I. I just I just opened up the practitioner page one day and, and knew I had to do a certain training up there. And um, so I moved up there with my two children when me and their dad um, separated. We're still really good friends, but you know, oh. that's where I needed to go to, huh. um, yeah, to, at that point of my life. Um, so my children were in the Steiner kindergarten there and um, I was that's just a wider community. And uh, have you been there? I love no, that. but
2: I've always wanted to go. I mean, that that's that's on my bucket list.
3: <laughs> yeah, and now Pintan Press, of um, you know Sabina, the publisher there, accepted Shamanic Dreaming to publish it. So yeah, it feels really special actually because I feel that's like Pincon really, really, really helped me at the beginning of my. Um, my exploring more consciously.
2: Yeah, I didn't realize Finhorn Press was part of Inner Traditions. Yeah, I opened yeah. up and said, Rob, she got published by Finhorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Hmm. Well, what did your kid? I mean, did your kids love Finhorn?
3: Yeah, they did. Yeah, We had a <laughs> great time. Yeah. But in the end, you know, I, they were going to go into school full time and um, I needed to, um, yeah, I needed their dad to be closer by. So. Um, I had to come back to Fife and that, and that's when I set up the secret, you know, the curriculum for secret garden with Kathy. And then later, um, the, the school that I ran. So, yeah.
1: Could you, uh, Carol, could you talk a little bit about your guides? So when did they come to you? When did you make contact? Do they have personalities? Do you, you, uh, are they like ancestors or, uh, talk? Who are they?
3: (laughs) (laughs) no it's top secret um, <laughs> yeah my guides my guides it first began when my grandmother died and um with the experience with the flowers on her coffin when i kind of went into the flower realms which is my connection with the fae as well um so that was the first thing that happened but obviously when these things happen we don't know what's happening do we right. it's in retrospect right. it's, it's piecing it together um and then at different points in my life, um, you know, I'd, I'd feel things pulling me or I'd start to see things, but I was really frightened. And that's why, that's why I ended up going to do the, I went on a week's course to study shamanism originally, because I was so frightened and knew that I needed to have a teacher (laughs) there, um, to kind of help me through it and to have that holding. And that was, that was up in Fintorn. Um, and then it was, it was through journeying and, and just, um, you know going into that vibration of um uh the frequency of of the lower wavelengths of the brain and just really training myself to to meet these guides and see who were, who was there um so yeah and then i met i met my spirit guide that once when i was little and and it was my grandfather that helped me to connect to her in my journey um but basically when i was little little girl like one day i was a I woke up and there was a there's a figure on the side of my bed and um she looked very like my mum and um but she was so she was all twinkly and I remember saying to my mum Mum were you in my were you in my bedroom early? and she just said oh no Carol that will have been your angel um <laughs> but anyway my spirit guide is the one that I saw on the uh-huh. side of my bed uh-huh. when I was little so yes yeah, so I have a spirit guide I have a painting of her in my in my room wow. um and yeah, and just just journeying and asking questions. Who are you? How does all this work? And then you know, I honestly feel like everything can be my guide in some way because it's mm-hmm. about having having a relationship with with your neighbours, like the trees. You know, some of the some of the trees have really been amazing guides on the way. But when I'm when I'm working in a practice and journeying for for people or working with the constellation work and just tuning in, you know, what what needs to come mm. in there. Yeah, there are certain ones that will turn up a lot. So snake is one of my uh, huh. main ones that hmm. that I work with a lot, and then the the sun priests and priestesses uh, work with a set of guides there as well. Who um, the, I didn't yeah. hear that
2: in the one after the snake, the one
3: the sun priestesses and oh, priestesses the sun priestesses. And, okay. Yeah, and in some of the traditions, working with the sun goddess or god, and um, through different traditions through time. But it's through it's through listening and practicing, isn't it? Because we've clo- we've shut all these things out um, in a lot of our cultures. So it's just it's just yeah, it's just having a way and saying, I really want to get to know you. I know you're there. I have these senses, and then you start to see that actually the signs have been there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the messages I always teach as well, you know, the messages come through more and more in the everyday world and through little little things that you see and um, the synchronicities and the coincidences. Right. So we can have this way of connecting to our guides that's very much an internal going going into a journey way or having dreams where, where the guides will come through in mm-hmm. dreams like I was mentioning earlier. But actually, it's all weaving all the time, and 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 it's just yeah, it's just practicing to get into that mindset. But there's nothing better than being absolutely desperate and on the edge edge of terror to push push me or anybody else to kind of you know start to open up to that and and ask questions.
2: Any other? Do you have any other totals besides the snake?
3: I have. Yeah, I work with lots of different um, lots of different ones come through. Um I think there's different situations that, that need different things. Vulture, she's in the, the book as well. Vulture Woman. Um is um uh, I, I, I quite often merge with Vulture Woman. I once had a firewalk, um, and Vulture Woman said, You've got to be me at the firewalk. And I was like, Are you joking?
1: <laughs> so there's all
3: these people, most of whom I'd never met before, two that had flown over from 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 um from Germany and um, and there I appear in the room like dressed as vulture woman and, and she was like no I'm not sitting you can't sit on a chair you've got to sit on you've got to get a high stool so I was like going through the house looking for a high stool and she could be quite um yeah, quite, at that time, she'd be quite unpredictable. It was like, I don't think you've probably got Rod Hull and Emu in the 1970s in the States. But <laughs> we had this guy, Rod Hull, and we had this um, Emu who was always up to trouble. You know, he was like a ventriloquist with this crazy Emu. Sometimes she could be a bit like that. But <laughs> over time, she's just got more and more kind of gentle. And um, yeah, Just she's just so compassionate. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Vulture, that's another one of my main guides. Yeah. Um, it's yeah,
1: it's good to hear from you uh, something positive about uh, relationship with a snake because yeah, last right. week last <laughs> week we had someone on who is an animal communicator. Who stepped over a snake and the snake really Sorry, was cotton would <laughs> w- w- chased her chased her? And uh, she, she said, Evil snake. <laughs> <You> know, she <laughs> this snake was no good.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. And it, was, yeah.
1: it, was, it was cursing her, she said. <laughs> so that
3: must have been yeah, that must have been scary. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Was. <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh so you you talk about trees. Uh do you have any particular trees that uh you're communicate with or uh any particular type a of type tree of that's tree. B- better you than what, just,
3: others I've, just got, I've got another book that's um came out a couple of days ago called trees oh. are our letters oh, so oh wow this, cool. this is a course that i wrote i originally called it tree shaman as a course and then i just love the title trees are our letters um, but this is um, it takes you through a journey with ten trees and um ah. through the medicine, and then it's a right I'm a writer and artist, so I like to, you know, there's different ways of healing other than like working as a practitioner in a session with someone. you know, everything mm-hmm. can be healing and and so in this this way it's a it's a real collaboration with um with the trees and and just helping us to to just work creatively with their medicine, really. Um,
2: is that book you know, on the trees? <clears> that
3: book on around. Amazon? This book's on yeah, it is. It's it's, it's published okay. by Moon Books and it's it's on Amazon as well. Oh. Um so yeah, the, the trees, you know about the OM. Oh, um, I think you say that differently in different places, but the the, oh. the kind of druidic alphabet, um and the trees. Um, like bay is birch for example so wow. I always think oh my goodness I'm speaking as trees that's why it's, called <laughs> trees are our letters. Um, yeah. it's that thing about weaving again isn't it so yeah I, I think birch is um mentioning birch is a big one for me okay. also um hawthorn you know hawthorn was uh-huh. a, a special tree I had on dragon hill that I really connected to the carlach um through hawthorn as well any tree really you have redwoods over there as well don't you the sequoia we've got i've got sequoia as the final tree in there we've only got a few in scotland but um, well
2: redwoods are california yeah i don't think we have any in florida yeah right here we have a lot of palm trees
3: (laughs) palm trees (laughs) (laughs) well they're pretty cool too aren't they
2: yeah they are and what's the what's the one that we like that has all the uh all the roots and the
1: uh, yeah the f- fic- ficus yeah the fi- have, is it ficus is ficus no that ficus is a form of it uh yeah i can't think what is it uh well anyway that beautiful <laughs> gorgeous tree <laughs> yeah, right yeah they have our ar- arms that stretch straight out to the side you'd think they would break off but they're so strong uh, wow. yeah
3: they sound great
1: so uh you write that there is life and consciousness in everything uh, so how do you respond to somebody who comes up and says to you, rocks don't have any consciousness? <laughs>
3: <laughs> or um, do you? Or do you? <laughs> I don't know. That, that's, um, i just say, oh, well, I would, I know, that's my little cat. Oh, beautiful. Um, <laughs> she might be back. Um, <laughs> she likes to join in conversations. I think, I think she can't. Yeah, She's
1: like a your voice
3: um, yeah, I don't usually get into any debates, Rob at all. I just say, well, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Well, you know, but that's what
2: Jung believed too. Jung believed there was consciousness and everything. He talked to rocks, yeah.
3: you know yeah, yeah, I mean, I I know there is. So I'm not here to convince anybody <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um yeah, I think, I mean, I guess another way of answering that question would be again, if you if you spend a lot of time with rocks, and stones like I've, I've got a cine film of, uh, that my dad my dad took loads of cine films um I'm so lucky and I've got cine films of me at the age of 18 months carrying these rocks from you know <laughs> on the beach on the side of the river and picking trying to pick up the biggest rock and I don't think that that fascination for rocks and that love for rocks has ever left me because I'll be the one that comes back from my holidays and you know has to take things out of the rucksack because it's too heavy. <laughs> all these these rocks um but I think you you feel that don't you in the land that people live live Mm. in like if you live in the desert or if you live like here in Scotland where it's much more um lush and 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 the different weather that we have as well um you you can set I don't know I I guess I'm just sensitive in that way but you I could probably like sense what kind of environment people have lived in and which which parts of nature have been more around them? If mm. I really tuned in, I don't do that because that would be um, intrusive. But, but but I think I think you can sense that, can't you? Uh-huh. I can. Um, so yeah, there's everything's. We're all in relationship, aren't we? Yeah. Everything's
2: connected. Yeah.
3: Uh huh.
1: Uh huh. So what is your favorite nature nature being?
3: <clears throat> well tree trees are very special to me mm-hmm. um but i i guess i'm quite you know quite changeable so a bit like the weather so it would it would <laughs> depend on the day
1: uh, as well
3: um i love maybe maybe the weather spirits actually mm-hmm. yeah. you you
2: start each day with a ritual yeah it's uh uh-huh.
3: yeah do you do that
2: well i used to i don't anymore <laughs> I probably should, be, I should do it again.
3: Well, I guess cleaning the teeth can be a ritual. Yeah, I guess it could be. Yeah. <laughs> should be a yeah. little bit more
2: mystical than that, though.
3: <laughs> do you know when... when I think, when, I think
0: when, a lot of us call it coffee. Uh, but yeah, coffee,
3: maybe. Yeah. coffee, that's yeah, a, yeah, coffee as well. Oh, gosh, thank goodness for coffee. I yeah, just really. I love coffee. It's no grounding. I find it really helpful. Mm, um, yeah so um yeah the um the ritual part I used to live I used to live in in dollar and I used to have a little stream um a burn at the side of the house so every day I used to do yoga and then go and stand in the stream and connect with the rivers everywhere and at Uh that time I was working a lot with the rivers and doing river projects here here in Glasgow I can see the hills so you know I'll, I'll rattle and I'll Um, connect with my different guides and then I'll connect to the I've got a a dragon rattle as well connect to the dragon lines Ah. um, Mm -hmm. and just it's it's about acknowledging isn't it and and there's a there's a passage in in um shamanic dreaming as well about I think I call it an earth whisperer space opening Mm -hmm. exercise so if I, if I begin by acknowledging that I'm a part of all this and it's communicating with me all the time, then it's that obvious thing, isn't it, that energy flows where attention goes. Mm-hmm. We we'll start to feel that coming through as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, you've got several uh, courses that you teach. Explain, uh, do you do this through Zoom or are these in person?
3: At the moment, I do, yeah. When when we When COVID happened... I worked online, obviously, (laughs) like um, everybody did. Um, So all my courses went online and I I finished a couple of the practitioner trainings in person and, you know, kept some of the practitioner elements to be in person. And then I've been doing a film degree for the past two years as well, because I'm really looking to kind of just work with story and mythology and Uh also make some documentaries. And so I'm in my last two terms of that now so at the moment, it really, it really, it really works for me to do things on Zoom because huh. that takes up such a lot of time and um, with the with the travel and everything. And um, so, yeah, at the moment I've been working online and. Um, Was again, there a the COVID largest, spirit?
2: Was there a COVID spirit?
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, okay.
2: <laughs> and what, what did it have to say for itself?
3: <laughs> we actually held some constellation classes when I um, called them bringing in the myth- mythical. I think we did like 12 classes all together. And we just worked with listening to what, what the healing of the times would be. And I also worked with a Reiki group that I set up with some of the people who I actually went to meet today because it was two of them's uh-huh. birthday today and tomorrow, Maggie and Carol. Um and so we yeah. So there's I mean, I there were many stories about it, but we we just asked to just bring in bring in the light and the healing and the unraveling where it was needed. Yeah. Mm. Well,
2: what do you think the bigger purpose was of COVID? Or was there a bigger purpose? I think
3: think we're still working. Well, I I I don't know. Um I, I prefer to work as a circle and work things out together. Uh-huh. That's always my way, um, but I think it's still working out. That's that's my sense. Mm-hmm. That it's still mm-hmm. working out, and I mean, you have to be really, really sensitive around this, don't you? Because there's 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 many truths, and there's many right. there's many mm-hmm. different experiences of what it's brought for everyone. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe honoring, deeper honoring of, of multiplicity of ways. That could be one yeah, of the things that see. Yeah. yeah. So if you
1: could if you could choose one idea for people to practice from uh your book, shamanic dreaming, what would
3: that be? I just I just asked and um I just got <laughs> I just got self love. Just you know, oh, being kind to the self, be yeah. really um yeah, bringing appreciation to to the self and wonder for the self, really, and getting to know the self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, the, yeah. you know, if I get to know myself and start to just be kinder to myself, then that that vibration is, is going to spread to everything and, and put that message across to, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Kindness like and self-kindness, especially. Because don't yeah. we, as humans, kind of just... Yeah, there's, there's all these thoughts that we can have, out there? So, yeah, yeah
2: that would so, be my
3: message. Yeah.
1: So I have one more question for you. What makes you happy? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it depends what day it is, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think um, this is making me happy. Yeah, yeah. just connection mm-hmm. and... Um, yeah, just just being in, in environments where there's there's really a care for things and there's mm-hmm. um, laughter and mm-hmm. um, but being deeply effective. I mean my I always say to people yeah. that I'm working with, um, be careful what you put you know, look at what you put out for. Re- really mm-hmm. think about that. And I always put out, I give the example of what I put out for and it's to put me where I'll be happiest and most deeply effective and i feel mm-hmm. like then it's um
2: yeah, yeah. nice does yeah. dragon <clears throat> help you do that
3: i, I reckon so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm.
1: so, so 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 where are your books available how can people connect with your books
3: well if you if you're interested in shamanic dreaming um in traditions um kindly organized connecting with you guys um who and Finton press are a part of Connected to Inner Traditions. Then you can go on the website for um, Inner Traditions and there's lots of different um, ways of um, accessing them. Simon & Schuster are the distributors. And then obviously through Amazon for people that use Amazon. Uh-huh. Um, and then Trees Are Our Letters is through Moonbooks. And again, it's it's um, go on the Moonbooks website, Trees Are Our Letters. And also um, that's available on Amazon for people that use Amazon.
2: You have a couple other books too, don't you? The, I do,
3: yeah. Yeah, well, tell called, us those. I've got one called Story Compass, which is also... Okay, that's um,
2: what I saw, Story Compass. Yeah,
3: which is also through Moon Books. And this is an adventure working with story and, and very much with the Constellation work as well. And then I've got two that are self-published years ago called Wheel, And Little Red Drum, The Little Red Book of Shamanism. It used to be called The Little Red Drum at the beginning of when I started practicing. And then another one called Drum, which is about working with trees in the psychology. Uh,
1: Are you working on anything now?
3: Well, I've got five that that are there. (laughs) I'm just waiting to see if they, they need to go out and I'm writing um I've got two novels as well. And then obviously the films that I'm writing. So you're a yeah. busy lady. <laughs> I'm quite, I just have too many ideas sometimes. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: Thank you. Thank you for taking <laughs> time to talk with us. We enjoy and it. Tell,
2: tell us where people can see your website and that kind of thing.
3: Yeah. So my website, creative earth ensemble.com. And um, that's the name of my website. Um, and there's a, there's a there's a page on there for contact. So if anybody mm-hmm. wants to, to write to me, then I'll uh, write back. So that's mm-hmm. www.creativeearthensemble.com. And then I've got Carol Day Author as my Facebook page. And I've got an Instagram account as well, which I need to start using properly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just went on and followed Day you <laughs> <laughs>
2: on Instagram. Yeah. Um. Well, Carol, this has been great. I, yeah. I can't wait to go to Finhorn, Rob. That's my next trip. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. That would okay, be. Th- thank you. Thanks very so much, Carol. Carol. This was great, and we'll—I'll text you when the episode goes up, John. Oh, he may not be on.
0: Oh, I'm here. I got okay. To, okay. got to one thirteen. so, okay. so uh, <laughs> Central Time. But Where will uh, this, go? This, this would be uh, this would be. This should, be, this should be next week, actually. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay, great. All it right, so, be a, um, week a, a week from
0: today. A week from today. Yeah. Thanks for joining The Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at the Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at mysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening. And stay mystical.